When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Hey everyone, First and Pod, thanks for hanging out. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Thank you for subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing, telling friends, etc. Our guy Andrew Filipponi, afternoon host in Pittsburgh, sent out a tweet. Something to the effect of, I was very proud of our hour that we did with Kenny Pickett because the only shows that get NFL quarterbacks to commit to interviews for any length of time are ex-athletes. And I thought and thought and thought, and I was like, God damn it, he's right. And he had Kenny Pickett, who's (laughs) technically an NFL starting quarterback, in studio for an hour. Congratulations, Pony. Yeah, there's a story that I'm going to tell you off the air that I have been sworn to secrecy on that immediately when this uh, podcast is done taping that you are going to love about this interview that we did with him. But yeah, this was a long time coming with Kenny. So I did a show with him when he was a senior at Pitt and almost won the Heisman Trophy. And last year, we didn't really do anything because he wasn't sure what his role on the team was going to be. You know, they signed Trubisky. So he wanted to lay low and kind of be one of the seen and not heard rookie players, which I totally respected. I mean, that's just his personality. So now that he's comfortable as the starter, he's like, yeah, I'll come in and do an hour with you guys. And, you know, he's done a lot of stuff, but it's been mostly with Steelers. And so I was really excited that he was going to do something with more of a traditional media and, yeah, I mean, other than maybe Mac Jones in Boston, Danny, I think he's done some stuff with our station there. I think they pay him to do it. Um, I don't know of another quarterback that was that um, open to having a long-form interview. So I loved it. That's amazing, man. Congratulations. You've worked that relationship for a while. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones actually goes on our guy JJ's podcast, John Jastrzemski's podcast. But Joe Burrow does Colin Cowherd. That's a volume thing. Yeah. And these are paid appearances. Josh Allen does Kyle Brandt Mm -hmm. uh, for a paid appearance. But for an hour in studio with a guy who certainly had no connections to the NFL, like yourself, in terms of playing, you have plenty of connections, but you're not a player. It was it was awesome to see. Uh, I have not listened yet, but I I just have I have a few questions. Um, Sure. How, and I don't mean to start negative, but like how big of a storyline there are injury concerns for him and concussions and and that part of the story? Because I feel like it's not talked about with him like it is with Tua because he's not as small as Tua. But I'm I'm curious how big of a part of the narrative that is for him. Yeah, so I asked him about that and he – did not have a concussion at any level of football before last year. 
and and knows he played he was a multi-sport athlete. This was his first experience with, you know, traumatic brain injury. And he even talked about how he felt like he had only read about it and heard about it. So when he suffered his first concussion, he was talking about how the questions they ask you in the moment are so sophisticated. And he said, you know, I wasn't, you know, completely there when it happened, but, you know, neurologically there, but he, looking back on it, he said, I'm not even sure I could give them the question, the answers to those questions in the prompt way that they wanted. If I was a hundred percent, like he said that, that part of the concussion test uh, was a surprise to him, but yeah. So I, I think Danny, he, he's using a new helmet. There's this new concussion, not proof helmet, but there's this new uh, adaptation of the NFL helmet that a lot of the quarterbacks are going to wear this year. He wore one all this week at OTAs. And yeah, I, I think it, I think it becomes a story if he suffers another one. Cause it was two, right? It just wasn't on national TV. Like two, it was two in pretty close succession, right? Yeah. And he missed a game in December because of one that he had in the Ravens game. Yep. So it's a one-time thing. You know, he's done a really good job. I think of trying to, block it out and thinks that steps that they've taken for this year will prevent it from happening again. But yeah, I mean, I I know Kenny decently. I think I can ascertain and like tell when he actually is legitimately scared or concerned about something. And he's done a good job of compartmentalizing and not making that something that hangs over him going into this year. And then the other thing that, again, from afar that I find interesting about all these young quarterbacks who the sa- who are like savior franchise types yeah. supposed to be the next thing is if they're special when they have continuity in a system for two years that's when you see it right like that's when Mahomes was the MVP that's when Lamar was the MVP um Carson Wentz, it was year three in the league, but that was the first time that he had two years in the system. He was the MVP through 13 games. That's when Jared Goff took the leap, mm-hmm. year, when he had the McVay thing, uh, when he had two years with McVay. It was, again, year three, but it's either second year in the league or third year in the league, second year in a system. If you fire a coach, you know, the guy's rookie year, which happens to so many of these young guys because they get drafted on bad teams. But I would think in Pittsburgh – it's unique because it's the second year, but it's not an offensive coordinator that people trust or like, correct? In that- it's not an offensive head coach. It's not like Andy Reid in Kansas City or McVay in, in LA, like you said. Right. Or 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 even, you know, Doug Peterson when he was with, you know, Carson Wentz. Zach Taylor uh, in Cincinnati's an offensive coach. Yeah, but so like but normally if the quarterback is the future of the franchise and he finally gets continuity in a system, it's either offensive head coach or at least, I don't want to say offensive genius because that gets thrown around too liberally, but like offensive coordinator that people like. So I'm sure he's saying all of the right things, but like how is that conversation going of like he's expected to take the leap because of continuity in a system, but I imagine Steelers fans aren't terribly confident in the system. They're not. Um, I think, you know, Kenny said to me uh, on Wednesday that it's about players, not plays. So I think he is under the 
belief. He's of the belief that, okay, we know what we do, we're doing. We know what the plays are, but ultimately it's going to be us that makes the difference. Like I don't get, I am, I get the impression that he believes in what they're doing because he's getting more plays. He's getting more experience. He is very involved in handpicking what they're going to do and when they're going to do it and all that. They've given him a lot of ownership of the offense. But I know a lot of Steelers players that don't have the same opinion. I know people in their front office that are concerned about the offensive coordinator and don't really understand why he's here. If if the Steelers had not finished 9-8, and eight, if Pickett had thrown more than one interception at the end of the year, if he hadn't delivered in the two-minute drill against the Ravens and Raiders, they would have made an offensive coordinator change. I'm convinced of that. And they would have said, well, this isn't the right guy. It's going to set Pickett back a year, but we might as well do it now than wait. So I think this is a situation where I think the players got to elevate the coach. And I don't think that that happens in a lot of places, but we've seen it before. I think Mike McCarthy's a good example of that in Green Bay. You know, is he a great offensive right, coach? Right, right. No. But Rodgers, Rodgers has four league MVPs, man. Right, but he was the 24th pick in the draft. And Hertz was a second round pick. And Lamar Jackson was the 32nd pick. Russell Wilson was a third round pick. So like, that's, I see in Kenny a guy that's not going to, if he doesn't make it in the NFL, it's going to be because he just does not have the physical skills to make the plays at this level. He's insanely committed to making himself a great player. He is vocal in the ways that you want a quarterback to be with his teammates. I think that they want to follow him even the veteran guys. I think a lot of them were won over by what he did in the second half of the season. I think the head coach who people respect has his back. So I'm confident. I mean, I've said before, I think he's, I think he's the second coming of Burrow. I think that's the player he has to be. He's not going to be a Herbert. He's not going to be a Mahomes. He's got to be an accurate kind of cerebral assassin like quarterback. And I think he has a chance to take that step this year. So those are my two questions. Uh, you were in the room with him for at least an hour. Anything else we should know? He said his favorite movie of all time is Wedding Crashers. That's a, such a great pick. So he put together his list of top five movies. And afterwards I said, is this a top five from a franchise quarterback? And he had Wedding Crashers one and Shawshank two. That's a hell of a start. Yeah. I thought, right. I mean, that's not. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's <laughs> fantastic. Pretty good. Uh, he said if he could if he could sit down for dinner with three people, it would be Michael Jordan, Joe Montana, and I think James Gandolfini. I'm a huge fan of that list too. I think he <laughs> aced both questions personally. That's a good that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So all right. Yeah, so look, I I think it's interesting because I think I like your franchise quarterback in Chicago a ton too for different reasons because I just think the guy has otherworldly physical talents in terms of running the ball. Yeah. And I think he's going to, you know, playing with better guys and being in a system for a second year. 
is going to just make huge strides, but we'll do it differently. I think there's a good chance by the end of 2023, the two quarterbacks that have made that jump are your guy in Chicago and my guy in Pittsburgh. That'd be pretty awesome, man. Uh, I got I to gotta step my game up to to get Justin Fields in studio for an hour. I got I to gotta, I gotta step my game up. Um, Lamar Jackson, we will stay in the AFC North. He said something that is getting a lot of run because it's the NFL and because it's the offseason and because he was such a huge story with the contract. But it didn't strike me as terribly crazy. Uh, they have the new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. He said, "What's it gonna What's it gonna be like?" He said, "Less running, more throwing." Um, yeah, like Greg Roman is gone. They paid Lamar. They gave him receivers. That's what this has to be. And I get that there's questions about whether or not he will be successful at it, but no one's surprised that this is what they're trying to do, right? No, because they telegraphed it. You know, they let everybody know there's no deception here. It's not a clandestine or it's not a surreptitious kind of thing where they're just going to, in a backhanded way, make you think one one thing is going to happen and then they're going to be, they're gonna, it's not a rope-a-dope situation here. Um, but it's also like what they should do. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they paid Lamar. So they're in on Lamar. His completion percentage has gone down. His efficiency has gone down, but he's also gotten hurt. But so when you pay the guy that's arguably the best athlete to ever pay the play the position, and you know that the athleticism will decrease over the life of this contract, you have to do everything in your power to support him in the other way. Like, I don't know if it'll work, but this is the only move on the chessboard, man. Because they can, because they committed to him long-term. Yes. Yes. Because like exactly right. He's played 12 games each of the last two years. He's completing 62% of his passes. You need to figure out a way to unlock the crazy gifts that this guy has throwing the football so it will age. Cam Newton stopped being great once he approached 30 because he didn't evolve to that other part of his game. Like, I thought there was a chance that Cam would add that to his game, and he never really did. That's going to be a thing for, you know, they're going to try to find out with Justin Fields early, uh, much earlier than Lamar, but that's what they're trying to do with Lamar. Like, it feels to me like you pay him, they have to believe that he can do it. And so they're, you know, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, new offensive coordinator. That's, I don't really know what other option they had. Well, when I hear you say that, I can't help but think about Russell Wilson last year in Denver. And how the man has just pretty much decided or made up his mind last season that he was going to strictly pretty much play from the pocket and very rarely run. And that version of Russell Wilson was not very good. So. But also incompetent coaching, also injury, also older, also more accomplished as a passer than Lamar. Like, yeah, that's, that's why I'm not. 
So I'm going to be guilty of something here that athletes hate. I'm really going off of only one quote. I didn't listen or watch the rest of the press conference. So if I'm missing something else he said, I'm just going to have to own that and accept that here in this conversation. But I think it went hit. The first thing is less running and more throwing. If I'm a defensive coordinator in Cincinnati or Pittsburgh or Cleveland, I high five the person next to me. You just made my job a lot easier. Like I would have, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I would have said the offense will be different this year, but I'm not changing who I am. He's, he is the best running quarterback of all time. To me, it's like a pitcher who has a great fastball and his secondary stuff isn't that good. When you, when I'm a hitter and you're telling me you're going to try to strike me out or get me out with your curveball instead of your fastball, that's a win for me. Like has, has the league figured out Lamar Jackson as a runner? I don't know. I think he's just gotten injured a lot. Like if he kept running. Well, I mean, listen, were, you can get hurt from the pocket. You can get hurt running, but the more hits you take, right, the higher chance way you have more of getting hits. injured. He's taken way more hits. They've, they've measured this. He's yeah. taken way more hits and it's not even close to the number two quarterback since he became a full-time starter. So I've heard other ex-athletes say, well, he protects himself. He doesn't get hit clean. Hits are hits, okay? I mean, uh, I'm sure they've got these detectors or you know, there's some kind of device on these guys that measures the force of impact, but still, I mean. But what would you, so? but like you sign him to a contract, and your plan is to just change nothing and just, okay, eventually he will suffer an injury that will rob him of his athleticism or his age will rob him of his Look, athleticism. I mean, I think what you, 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 have, you have to prepare I'll, for. I understand that. But I'm what I'm telling, what I'm saying is it's fine and dandy that he, that this is their game plan now in May, that they're going to be a balance. They want a balanced quarterback or they want to flip it. Not even balanced. He's going to throw a lot more than he runs. That's fine. But if it's, I would not anticipate a smooth transition to that kind of offense. And if they're losing games and they're, you know, September's over and they're one in three, do, does Lamar Jackson, and does John Harbaugh and Todd Mocken decide we, we need to go get the Lamar Jackson that runs it between 10 and 15 times a game? I probably would. Because you want to win now. You're not thinking about three years from now. Well, it, dep- it depends how good they are. It depends how bad he is and the passing offense is or if they want to grow into it. Like, are they winning ugly and he's still developing? Or are they losing in blowout fashion and they feel like there's nothing to, to grow on? Because also, Josh Allen. Let's use him as an example. Obviously, he's a more accomplished passer than Lamar Jackson. But what have we seen when they get into the playoffs? He runs more. It's like the it's the changeup to use your baseball analogy that you have in your back pocket, but you use it for the toughest hitters in the biggest spots. Like you don't rely on it. You don't use it week four against the Jaguars. You use it, you know, in week 15 against the Chiefs with the one seat on the line. Like I I think that it's possible that instead of 15 rushing attempts a game or 12 rushing attempts a game, it's six or seven, and it's still a very valuable thing 
but it's just they're picking their spots more. As a Steelers, as a Steelers fan, I love hearing that. I'm sure you're, you do. You're telling me I've only got to stop him running the ball three times a half. I mean, that's that's a great that's a win for every defense that plays against them this year. Like you're saying that they they have no choice because they need to protect their investment. That's why I had questions about giving him a long term deal. Well, no, but no, that well, that's the root of the question: is can Lamar be a top ten passer in the league with good passing coaching and good pass catchers? I mean, listen to these rush. I just pulled it up while we were talking last year. He had 112 carries and he didn't even play the full and he didn't even play the whole year. Yeah, he played 12 games, right? 12 games, but he got hurt in the Denver game and only and only ran the ball one time. So throw that out. So that's 111 carries in 11 games. 10 carries that's, a game. That's 10 a game, man. Like But so if you decrease it to 7 a game, it still is a very valuable weapon, man. The, but answer the question: Like, can Lamar be with better coaching and pass catching a top ten passer in the league? No, I don't think so. I lean no, also. But that's the experiment. That's the bet. Yeah, and I think that the Ravens are then hugely overrated this year because when I look at their when I, when I look at where they're listed among. AFC teams and NFL teams, period, for Super Bowl odds and things like that. They're still treating them like you're going to get explosive Lamar Jackson, potentially healthy for the entire year. I don't buy that. I I, I understand that. And I and I I'm with you. I still think the strategy is correct because of the investment. Like Jalen Hurts to me is an interesting one, too. Nine guys threw for over four thousand yards last year. Jalen Hurts was not one of them. He threw for 3,700 yards and 22 touchdowns. But he was an MVP candidate because you added in... 13 rushing touchdowns. 13 rushing touchdowns and like 700 rushing yards. But no one would say that he was a running quarterback. You know, he threw for 3,700 yards in 15 games. But it was still a huge piece of his game. Yep. That's the question. Can he, Can Lamar be that good? Can he throw for 200 and... 40 yards a game, completing 65% of his passes, play 15 games, and still then be a good runner just a little less of the time and stay healthier and play 15, 16, or 17 games. That That's the bet they're making. And I just, I don't see another option. It might not work. You can bet against it working. That's totally reasonable. I just, I if you kept doing the same thing with Lamar and didn't support the passing infrastructure... He's a 62% passer. That's not good enough to win when you've got to beat Burrow and Allen and Mahomes and Lawrence and Herbert and Rodgers in the AFC. It's just not. So they're they're asking him going into his second contract to become a different quarterback. Yes. How many guys have we seen do that? You got to evolve. You got to evolve. And if you're one of the most athletic players in the history of the league, you're betting on the talent. You're betting on being able to mold the piece of clay. That's what that's what they're doing. And it'll be it's a, it's going to be one of the biggest stories in the NFL this year. 
because of the contract and because of the controversy around it. It'll be a top five story in the league on whether or not he can make that adaption. I want to get to our next story. I think this is being way under talked about. I cannot believe what's going on in San Francisco. So there was a long piece on ESPN about how John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and the, the, the brain trust, they go to Cabo with their wives before the league year starts as like their like retreat. But the thing that was hanging over their trip this year was Brock Purdy's surgery. And that they were not going to know whether or not he needed full Tommy John surgery mm-hmm. or it was like, I don't remember the exact type of the surgery, but like a, a graft basically because full Tommy John surgery would be 12 months and the surgery that they were hoping for, but they wouldn't know until the elbow was opened was like seven months. And it ended up being the seven month variety. And so they did not need to spend big money, they felt, on a veteran quarterback for a team that's obviously ready to win now because Purdy would be back maybe even by week one, and they felt like they could get by with Sam Darnold or Trey Lance while they wait for Purdy. And that is what allowed them the financial flexibility to add Javon Hargrave. So that's the backdrop for this. They are just waiting on Brock Purdy. And Trey Lance is just not going to... No one thinks that Trey Lance can be the quarterback of the future there. They traded up multiple first-round picks from 13-3, to not knowing which quarterback was going to be on the board. Justin Fields was on the board. They passed on him. And he's not going to be given another shot to win that job for Brock Purdy and Mr. Irrelevant coming off elbow surgery. That is one of the worst trades in NFL history. That is an unbelievable misallocation of resources. And the only reason we don't talk about it is because they go to the NFC Championship game every year and they keep winning and they can absorb that. If that happened in Chicago... There would be he'd be they'd be getting killed every day for it, and it would of course be a foregone conclusion that Trey Lance would be given another shot to be the quarterback because you'd be betting on the upside and you'd be waiting for your QB of the future. It is that if I understand the story correctly, and I've had Mark Willard on the show and I read that story on ESPN, Trey Lance is just not the dude. How are they not getting killed for this? How are they? John Lynch. John Lynch said at the uh, combine that Purdy was the starter when he was healthy, and I thought that that answer was going to make more waves than it did. Am I missing something? Why is it not a bigger story that Trey Lance is not possibly the Niners' quarterback of the future? Danny, it's not only that part of it; it's that the quarterback whisperer du jour in the NFL and a Hall of Fame player GM are both convinced that what Brock Purdy did at the end of last year is enough evidence to not even have it as a competition. It's it, it, it's both. 
it's it's the giving up on Lance on the Lance part with very little game experience to go by both in college and the NFL to just already say we're out on this guy and a small sample size of games to say you are convinced that the last pick in the draft is your answer. Uh, why did they trade up? Explain, I don't I, I don't if they did not have conviction on the quarterback the third quarterback in that draft, presumably Trey Lance because that's who they picked. Well, you're right. Why did they try and why did they trade up early? Why not trade so, up the day of the draft okay. when you know who's going to be there? Like I I I do not understand so, that trade. I I think we're dealing with what what ends up being this dichotomy with San Francisco and, and Shanahan that I think is interesting. So I think we've I think we've established that the system is great for quarterbacks. Yes. But I don't think that they do a very good job of evaluating quarterbacks and handling quarterbacks. I've had multiple people tell me who know that they went out of their way to treat Garoppolo like shit. That there was a per, like almost a personal personal animus between Shanahan and Garoppolo and they like basically said get away from our team this offseason where he was practicing on his own and doing things on his own like they basically pretty much ostracized him and excommunicated him from the team to solely focus on Lance so if you turn back the clock to like 10 months ago that's how much they were convinced then that Lance was going to be their guy Last summer, hey, Jimmy G, get the the F out of here. We don't care that you took us to a championship game that you went to Green Bay and won. That had nothing to do with you. This is our guy. And then off of what? How many games did the guy really play last year? Did he get hurt like week three? Yes, but then he came back, right? And then got hurt again. I mean, he barely played. He barely played. And so now... No, he got – dude, he – didn't he, like, break his wagon game? Yeah, yeah dude. He, you know what? That's right. That's right. He got – He played – he played – Arizona? Dude, he played two games. He played two games. He, he played two he, games. He, I'm thinking he, of the year before he, where, he, where he started early and came back. And right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, last year, he played against the Bears in a monsoon. Yep. Week one. Yep. And then against Seattle the second week. They won threw, big. He threw the ball three times and got hurt. That was yeah, it. because Garoppolo came in that game and scored that quarterback sneak, and they went like crazy for him. And he acted; he made a big deal out of it. Right. Yeah. That's, so he, he threw thirty-one passes last year in two games, and, and they traded multiple first-round picks for this guy in the Justin Fields draft, and are moving on from him. For Brock Purdy coming off elbow surgery. Now, he's still on the team. Like, maybe it's all posturing and they want to make him earn it. And obviously, they are closer to the situation. And maybe something mortifying is going on internally. I don't think it is posturing. I don't don't either. But when something makes this little sense to me, I always leave like 5% of like something. Like, there's a variable that we do not have. I I think that I think that there's a good chance 
that if for some reason Purdy, Purdy has to miss the first couple of weeks of the season, I think they're going to go to Darnold over Lance. Then what is Lance doing there? Trade him is what you're saying. Why did why wasn't there? At, I um, just uh, don't, I just don't get it. He <laughs> like I do I don't understand. Like when and and like again that game was in a monsoon. It was really weird. But I will tell you something. You know what he looked like? He looked like Cam Newton. Like he was huge. Like he he had a he looked like a linebacker. He had a rocket arm. Right, that's how he, he got drafted he, off a of very little tape in college because he just ha- checks all the physical boxes. Yeah, I mean, he completed like 48% of his passes. Like, it, it wasn't pretty. But, I mean, the guy absolutely looked the part. Yep. Um, I I just I, – I, 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 I feel like if they – if this would happen, and maybe this is an obvious statement, but like if this sequence of events would happen for a team that wasn't in the NFC Championship game last year, you know what I mean? Like, like a team that won seven games, people would be right. getting fired yeah. over the asset allocation. No doubt. Um <laughs> But I, I think that Shanahan is is like a is like a modern day Gruden. I think this is a guy that has a very I think he I think he wears out quarterbacks and his quarterback uh love affairs or relationships are short term and run their course quickly like maybe maybe lynch understands that you know i mean maybe john gets the fact that right now shanahan's got it in his head that he can win with brock purdy but john's thinking to himself shit like not only did we have injuries last year, but I also have a coach who, you know, doesn't really want to marry any one guy. So I might as well have two capable dudes behind him. But that does not that does not explain away what was giving up a treasure chest of picks for a guy, which made you know the rest of the world think you were going to give this dude not just a big opportunity to be your quarterback. But how about a fair shot at being your quarterback? They haven't even done that. I yeah. I I wonder. Here's here's what the last thing. If he never plays again in San Francisco, if they do go to Purdy, I don't know if there will have been a quarterback picked that high because Rosen is probably right now like the leader in the clubhouse for dude. That okay, he got like a dozen starts his rookie year. We think he sucks. See you later. Favre was a second-round pick when Atlanta did the same thing with him. For Rosen, they moved on for the number one pick. Right. I can't think of another guy. So he's the third pick? Yeah. Has anyone else, a quarterback, been picked that high who just got tossed to the curb that fast? No. 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 There can't be. That's what I'm saying. There can't be. This is insane. There can't be. It is. it, 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 It should be. I am. I mean, I don't know. If I was the producer, the executive producer of NFL Live, this would be a daily story. Like I, I just, I, and it's not like it's a small team with a small fan base. Mm-hmm. It's not the Arizona Cardinals. It's, it's the San Francisco 49ers. You're I, right. I just, there really has not been any critical discussion about what 
not only not only litigating the past and the decision they made, but also where are where are the analysts, the Dan Orlovskis, digging into which quarterback legitimately gives them the best chance to win this year from the guys that they have? I don't even really see that conversation happening. Well, and listen, I get Where's the you. Bill Barnwell piece on like they should go with Purdy and here's why. You know, right. like and, I don't I, I don't even see that. I I totally get why you can't make the argument for Trey Lance other than the one I'm making, which is holy shit, look what they gave up for him. Like if if if, if Brock Purdy looked like a Hall of Famer, you know what I mean? If, if he, if, if it was an out of nowhere superstar, but all the analysis on Brock Purdy is he won. He won. And he didn't turn the ball over, which is valuable. I'm not saying that's not valuable, but like, I don't know. Just give, giving up on a prospect of that physical caliber that they invested that the, much in. The, the one argument doesn't even hold water because they got to a Super Bowl with a quarterback and decided thereafter, let's give up everything we have to get someone better in the draft. So right. the whole thought of, well, Purdy got us to the NFC Championship and he could have won the game. We could have won with him had he not gotten hurt is bullshit because we've already seen them say, if a quarterback doesn't give us a competitive edge, we're going to try to bring in someone better than him. Right. It's to me it is I feel like it's a very underreported story. And when things don't make logical sense, it just I can't stop thinking about it and I read <laughs> that piece and the piece also was like if he needed Tommy John surgery, they were going to have to allocate more of the money towards a more like established veteran quarterback. Yeah, like someone better than Darnold. Someone to... better than Darnold. So, like, even in that scenario, they were not going to give Trey. So, Lance who do you time. think? Like, did they? Did that? Or I didn't read the article. Did it they did not mention who that would have been? No, it was. It was more about like the like after that. It was more about like the differences. It was like a kind of like a medical based thing. It was like so. A, may, a, so the difference so of this, the elbow surgeries. So, so pretty much we can infer that if Purdy had had, had needed Tommy John surgery, they would have signed like Jacoby Brissett. Or Baker Mayfield in free agency. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, I, dude, I couldn't believe. <laughs> I was like, how is this story not bigger? And Spencer makes a great point. And Purdy had Christian McCaffrey. I know. Like, it, well, I've gotten into fights with people on Twitter. I said, if you put Pickett in that offense last year, I don't think he does any worse. I think you could say that for a lot of quarterbacks. For San Francisco in the second half of their season. I, yeah, man. I, I just, it is something, I, I really feel like there's like an unreported variable of the story because as like the current public narrative, it makes no sense. Um, but anyway. All right, Danny. Fun show. Uh, thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Text this link. Do us a favor. This guy got an NFL starting quarterback in studio for an hour. Reward him. Text the link to this podcast. The Odyssey app, Apple, Spotify. Text it to a friend. Let's grow this thing in the offseason and surprise our bosses. First and pod. Peace. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.